I want to share something today, and it's going to bounce off from what Andrew was speaking about last week, about the voice, the voice of God, and, and God is speaking. God is really, He's speaking. And if you, like for instance with Zim's, you see something is happening, something is stirring, something is moving, and, and God is about to, to do something in your life. That which you've so desired and cried for, and so hungered for, it's for you. And you're about to step into that. That's a prophetic word. I felt that. Now, I heard, um, you know, Bill Johnson. And um, I like to watch their live services on a Monday. Then I'm putting the music, the worship on, and then I listen to the preaching and stuff. I just love the ministry. I just love what they do. And, you know, when they worship and you feel the atmosphere through the worship, I just, I just like, woohoo, enjoy myself in the office there. And Bill Johnson said this one-liner in the beginning of his sermon, and I thought, yeah, that really, really touched me. And he said this, and this I'm kind of branching off from there. We have all been designed to hear God's voice. Say, I hear God's voice. I hear God's voice. When people say that I don't hear God's voice, you actually do hear God's voice. You've been designed to hear God's voice. The problem is, is that we are listening to wrong voices. The wrong voices is cluttering His voice. So I've been designed to hear God's voice. And my goal and my aim for today is for us to unclutter that, put it aside, and hear from God for yourself. For whatever you're going through, whatever you are facing, to get a word from God and speak that word and believe that word. So that is my kind of aim for there. So I want us to quickly... Go to John 15, verse 26. So how did Jesus, for instance, hear God's voice? When he received the Holy Spirit, he says, I do only what I see my father do. I only speak what I see my father speak. He was able to do it. He was a son of God, but he obeyed God even to his baptism. He sets an example, say, he got baptized. God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Mount of Transfiguration, God said, listen to him, this is my son. And he had the Holy Spirit abiding on the inside of him. Do you have the Holy Spirit? Therefore, you can hear God. Now, John 15 verse 26. It's quite interesting, John 15 verse 26 and John 14, verse 26, says exactly the same. Do you know that? Go 14, verse 26. I read it last. I'm like, oh, wow. So I guess Jesus is trying to say something. If he's repeating himself, he's like really like putting a listen, really listen. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance Whatsoever I have said unto you. 15 verse 26. When the comforter is come, whom I send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. You've got the comforter. 
and he's going to speak to you and he's going to give you direction. Go to John 16 verse 13. Now, I heard this guy once say this. I'm like, no, you need to go read your Bible because you are missing this, brother, honestly. And he was saying that Holy Spirit is a, we know the Holy Spirit is a person. If you read the book of Benihin, you know, what a beautiful book about the Holy Spirit is a person. He's encountered with the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit can speak whatever he wants to speak and do whatever he wants to do. Yes, it's true. But the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Father. When he speaks to you, it's the Father speaking. When he guides you, it's the Father guiding you. Now, John 16. Dude, don't, don't do that to me. Please, King James. Please. I'm front of people here. I want to try to look good a little bit. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, <laughs> he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only of what he hears, and he will only tell you of what is to come. Imagine the Spirit doing something different, and the Father doing something, and Jesus doing something different. That would be a kingdom that will fall apart. That would be, that would be chaos. I told myself when I heard him, I'm like, dude, you are missing it. The Spirit of God can, when he speaks, it's the Father speaking to you. When he moves and he touches you, it's the Father moving and touching you. When he comes and speaks a prophetic word of you, it's the Father speaking that over you. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 to 10. This is one of my favorite scriptures. No one knows a man except the spirit of a man. And then it, it carries on to say there, and no one knows God except the spirit of God. And you might know this, but I want you to really hear with a fresh understanding. Now we've heard this scripture and however it is written, no one, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. So I can see the unseen things. I can hear the things that not has been heard of. I can know the mind of Christ. I can know his mind. Verse 10. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Verse 11. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except a man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Do we have the Spirit of God? So therefore we can know His thoughts. People say you can't. You can know His thoughts. So when the prophetic word goes over you, this is what God's saying. That's His thoughts. That's God's thoughts about you. Verse 12. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given to us. Beautiful, eh? Now, I'm going to read Hebrews 1, verse 4, 1 to 4. Now, in the past, we heard last week a little bit about him. In the past, God used prophets, he used seers, he used different people to speak to the, the nation of Israel. 
But in these days, he's spoken. He still uses prophets. He's still, you know, there's the equipping of the saints. It's equipping of the body of Christ. But I have found that a lot of times when I get a prophetic word is what God has already been like stirring in my heart. And then it's like, it's just a confirmation. Okay, God, I guess you are really putting that stamp of like, this is it. It's going to happen, you know. And a lot of times you'll get a prophetic word. You'll get something and you might not understand it. Put it on the shelf and say, God, whenever time comes, you'll speak to me about it. Okay. But in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through prophets at many times in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The spirit of the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word after he had provided purification of sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Verse 4. So he became as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Now, I'm going to jump right back to Genesis 4. Cain and Abel. Now, I read something, I thought, oh my word, this is so interesting. There was different kind of conversations that took place in the book of Genesis. Genesis 1, 2, 3, 4. Right in Genesis 1, God spoke to Adam. There was a dialogue going on. Then Eve came, there was a dialogue going on. They literally had conversations. Then come Nyaslangi, the devil, the satani. There was a conversation going on there. Adam and Eve totally missed it. Eve. It's Mother's Day. Anyway, the point is they were kicked out. And yet comes, they had us two sons, Cain and Abel. And Cain brought an offering, was totally rejected. Abel brought an offering. There was a conversation between God and Cain. Abel, in his short life, you never heard any conversation with anybody. The only conversation that took place was his blood crying out. After Cain killed Abel, his blood he fell to the ground. And Abel's blood cried out and said, I want vengeance. That's the only time you ever hear of Abel speaking. Here comes Jesus in Hebrews 12, verse 22 to 28. Let's go. I'm just going to rush there. Verse 24. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, testament, to the sprinkling blood that speaks a better word than that of Abel. Abel's blood spoke vengeance, want revenge. Here comes Jesus. His blood speaks that you're forgiven, you're redeemed, you are sanctified. His blood speaks a better word, and it's continuously speaking. Continuously speaking, this is who you are, this is who you are. Now what we're going to do today, we're going to take on communion, and I want you to cherish. You know, what Jesus did on the cross was 
He restored the voice of the Father. He restored the voice of God, the heart of God to you and me. It's not, you know, I know we don't take it just, we don't do that. But say, Jesus, thank you for restoring that. Thank you. Because of your blood, I'm justified. I'm forgiven. I'm sanctified. I can now hear your voice. And I can, you know, I can have relationship with you. Now, Isaiah 13. And I read this chapter a while ago. And as I'm reading, I'm like, in the middle of this, it's like, Oh, wow. And just as I'm like, listen to this. And as I came, I'm like, he repeats this. I'm like, wow. It just so blessed me. And I want to share that with you today. Just a little bit of background on Isaiah 13. And God continuously, right through the Old Testament, wanted to rescue these stubborn Israelites. They keep making wrong decisions. He would raise prophets, and they would not listen. He would raise prophets. They would not listen. He would raise prophets. They would kill them. They would, and God's like, stupid, you know? But here comes God in Isaiah, and Isaiah writes this account there. And Judah wanted a king, but Judah at this passage here wanted deliverance, and they were finding it at the wrong place. They were finding with the Egyptians. They wanted to be delivered from the Assyrians. And they wanted to find and help from the Egyptians. And here comes Isaiah and he says, that's not going to work. You cannot. And I'll just sort of read this. And the reason why they wanted to find help from the Egyptians, they had chariots, they had soldiers, they had everything. They, had physically, they could physically see it. But God is invisible. And they didn't want his help because there wasn't that physical. Now, let's take it today. We want help. It's like sometimes we look at the physical. What are we going to, you know, how are we going to change this? How are we going to, you know, what about just sitting and saying, God, okay, what are you, you know, what do you want to do in this? You know, maybe you want to help him, which he wants to help you. But right in the middle of this, the prophet writes to Judah, to Israel, and he says this. Now, the King James said it quite interesting, verse 7, if you don't mind, Isaiah 30, verse 7. Now, here's Isaiah writing to Judah, and he says, the Egyptians, their help will be in vain. It will be to no purpose. Therefore, I have cried concerning this. Their strength is to sit still. Their strength is to sit still. Not running around. Not trying to figure things out. That is where you'll find your strength. In sitting still. Now listen to this. Let's drop down to me to, I really enjoyed this. Verse 15. Here comes our Isaiah and he writes this. Okay, now you can jump to the NIV for me, please. I read to some translations. They didn't say it like that. But if you read the context of it, then I can understand why they put it in there. This is what a sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says. In repentance and rest, their strength is in still. Rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. That's not me. Say, that's not me. That's not me. That's beautiful. Right there, let's go jump to verse 21. Now, what would be the outcome of you sitting and resting? Say, God, this is the verse. 
Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That will be the outcome of you sitting, resting. Jesus, forgive me for trying to work everything out, trying to make plans. What are you saying? So something I want to encourage, even myself, let's get still. Let's sit, hear from God. What do you want to do? You know, I've seen this <laughs> many times when people, it's like they, they want change in their lives. They, they want things to turn around. But it's like sometimes they, if you can sit and get quiet with them and get a word from God and act on that word, you'll see God will be right there behind you supporting you. You'll, things, you'll see things changing. A lot of times we get, oh, this, one, oh, this is going to happen. I'm going to have this and have this. And it's like, okay, what about you get, a, you know, act on it. God, how can I act on this? How can I do what you're telling me to do? Because, sometimes, you know, it's like <laughs> people just want to sit on the awesome, blessed assurance. <laughs> and just like, okay, God, you know, you know, faith without works is dead. You know, there is a place where you sit and, you know, that's what my point is, sit still and hear from God. Okay, once you've got this, it's okay, God, then act on it. Don't just like, okay, now I've got it. Do you think it's going to fall in your lap? It's not. What about then, okay, God, give me the next step. Where are you going to go? You know, I heard Sean Boltz say this, and I thought it was so beautiful. They were ministering somewhere, and then they, it was in the Netherlands, and somewhere they, they get, he got dropped off next to the red light district area. And, and so he was walking on the way to his hotel, and there was, there was this guy trying to sell him all kinds of stuff and offer this lady for him. He's like, no, no, I'm a pastor. I don't do this stuff. But when he saw this lady, he just felt compelled to go minister to her. So he went to her and he says to her, what do you want to do with your life? And she says, and it looked like she was new into this stuff. And she said, I actually don't know. So he said to her, well, I know God and I know that he's got a plan for your life. So if I pray with you, I'm going to trust him to drop something inside of your thoughts that this is what he wants for your life. She says, okay, you know, okay, well, let's see how this goes. So he prays with her. And as he, after he feels like, oh, and she's like, I know what I want to do. And he's like, and he's even like, wow. So she says, I want to become a chef. So she says, but I don't know how it's going to happen. So he said, okay, well, let's pray again. And we say, okay, God, and trust God to give you the next step to be able to achieve this, what he's just now stirred in your heart. And so she says, okay, now he's already there drawing a crowd all around there. So um, he prayed with her, and she says, oh, I forgot my uncle as a chef. And I need to go meet up with him. And the reason why there was some frictions in the family and the, uh, no, the compliment of the whole But anyway, the moral of the story, she ended up meeting with him and her whole life changed. She acted. She acted on a word. 
So what has God spoken to you, to me? Maybe we must act a bit on those words, those prophetic words. Maybe we must make a bit of time to say, okay, you know, if you've been called to ministry, well, join us at prayer meetings, you know. Uh, if you feel a story, you know, act. Faith without works is dead. Yeah. Now, 1 Samuel 3, verse 1. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. How sad is it God stopped speaking? Imagine that. Imagine right now God stopped speaking. That's what happened there. And the reason why it happened, in those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. The reason why it happened, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. That's all this happened. Thank you. But just, you know, they didn't listen. They stopped listening to God. They killed all the prophets, seers. They stopped listening. So God said, well, then I'm not going to speak anymore. Here comes Samuel in verse 9. God calling Samuel. What's interesting about that passage of Scripture, that God spoke to Samuel in such a way that he thought his mentor spoke to him. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. Go and lie down. Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. In a resting place, God spoke to Samuel. In a place of just probably falling almost asleep again, yes, suddenly God speaks to him. Hebrews 3, verse 7 to 11. I heard this one day say, and it, it, often I would pray this. Therefore the Holy Spirit says, Oh, that day you would listen as he speaks. Do not harden your heart as in the rebellion, in the days of the testing of the wilderness. Often I would pray that, say, God, today when you speak, I want to harden my heart. I want to hear your voice. I want to follow your voice. He carries on at the end of that passage, and it says, they rebelled. And right at the end it says, they will never enter my rest. My rest. There's a rest in God when we obey him, when we listen to his voice. Bill Johnson said this, and I want you to maybe close your eyes, and I'm going to read this, and I want you to soak this in. My goal is for you to just sit and rest and hear from God. God has called us into a place of tenderness, when nobody is looking, when there are no great decisions to make, when it's just him and me in a room with no one to pray for, no one to preach to, when it's just two people in a room, that's where you learn. That's where you learn his heartbeat. That's where you learn his presence. That's where you learn his voice. It's in the moment when nobody is watching, nobody is evaluating how good you are doing, when it's just you and him. As your eyes are closed, John 4, 
Jesus at the well, sitting at the well. And the woman of Samaria comes to him and they have this dialogue here. And I want you now, we've done it before, I want you to sit at the well. Sit at that well. Imagine Jesus coming to you and just speaking to you. Say, Jesus, what do you want to say to me today? What do you want to... What do you want to speak to me? What do you want to, you know, if you're facing something, say, God, this situation, what are you you saying about this? And I want you to hear a word from God. If your mind starts running somewhere else, bring it back. Train your thoughts. If you feel anxiety, say, Jesus, this anxiety, now let it just go. Open your heart to him. 